You're listening to the Oh Come On Sports Podcast with me, Natasha Sanishevsky. Come on now! All right, here he is, Ben Hebert out of Regina, Saskatchewan, now in Chestermere, Alberta. Is that actually right, Ben, Regina? I know there's, everyone says they're from big cities, but there's so many little towns in Saskatchewan. I probably should have clarified that before you even no, got I'm, on. No, I'm from the big city, the big city of Regina. Yeah, I'm not... Uh, I'm not the real Sasky farm boy like a lot of my friends think I am or whatever. I grew up in the city. I know nothing really about rural and farms except for the curling clubs. That's about it for me. That is okay. That is all right. Well, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for doing this. I know it's a super busy week for you. Of course, we are leading up to the briar. How's it going? What does this week look like for you guys? Yeah, it's great. I mean, uh, home province briar. Uh, in Lethbridge, the last time we were in Lethbridge was just before the pandemic. We represented Canada at the World Championships there. So we're super pumped. It's two hours from home. Lots of family and friends are going to be there. Being the home uh, home team, home province team, you know, having the roars of the crowd. We don't always get those. And obviously Ontario and Newfoundland, we go play those, those barns. So uh, super excited for that. And obviously, now that we're wide open in Alberta, we get to live our life. And there can be fans and beers and cheers. And uh, I'm really looking forward to that and getting some normal curling because the last two years has been strange with no crowds and bubbles and swabs and you know the drill so we're super pumped all the boys are in town here we're practicing getting ready i was gonna say what a day in calgary it's like plus 12 the sun is shining no masks i was at the mall didn't have a mask we should have gone to like a patio and done this over beers live on location it would have been nice i know it's beauty out today too i know no i love it it's nice uh good to feel normal again and let's just cross our fingers It's, it's sticking this one out for good hundred percent. Okay. So speaking of those briars, quick story from my end. So I first started broadcasting in 2006. I think you know where I'm going with this. And my very first, as part of my practicum, I went to Regina to work for CTV. They let me come because they had the briar and they're like, sure, we'll have an extra body. So I went to cover the briar. I was in Regina for literally a month before I moved on, but that is where you and I first, I guess, met essentially. I'm pretty sure I interviewed you or you were there yeah. you're milling around because you were part of team Saskatchewan at the time. Yeah, no, I remember that one. It was my second briar. It was my, uh, I mean, I was like 21 years old, maybe yes. 20, 22. <laughs> I had like, I just had like a hemp necklace with puka shells and frosted tips. <laughs> I was looking deadly, probably straight out of the tanning bed. <laughs> but uh, that was kind of what curling was about for us back then. But yeah, no, I remember that, Briar. We started 0-4 in my hometown in front of the crowd. I'm like, oh, this is kind of brutal. Then we won six in a row, got on a massive heater. And I'm like, oh, man, we just got to beat Northwest Territories to get into the playoffs. And we lost to Jamie Cooey in the last round Robin game. Gross. So and I do remember that, Briar. I don't know if I remember like meeting you, but I remember you were there, you know, you know, I, do, I wasn't like savvy with the media then because I was, you know, not, I hadn't won anything. So they were interviewing the big dogs, Kevin Martin and Glenn Howard, Wayne Madaw. But I, I recall. I mean, I don't know what I was doing either. When it, That was literally like my first gig. Like I had my mic, I'm standing covering these teams and I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing here. But I remember so much of it. I remember uh, Quebec winning. I don't remember that eventually. Right. But that I was, is wild. I was cheering for you guys in a way because it's always fun when the home team wins obviously yeah, that's, right? what, that's what we're hoping for this week that's what we're hoping for this week but yeah i remember that briar i mean super special being at home playing from you know for saskatchewan in saskatchewan it was wicked and i remember the patch was awesome it was in like the new soccer area or whatever the hell they had there but yeah, yeah. it was sweet and yeah i would uh, i'd love to play another briar in regina okay so how many briars is this for you and how have you lasted this 
long. <laughs> I'm not that old. I'm only 38. I'm just everyone always says that I'm old. It's like it's because I was winning when I got with right. Kevin Martin when I was like 23, 24. I got lucky, but uh, this is going to be my 14th or 13th. I don't even really know. I should probably know that. My dad would know. I don't even know, but lots of briars for me. Whole bunch, two representing Saskatchewan my first two years out of juniors. Then I got scooped up for eight years with Kevin Martin. And this is my eighth year with Kevin Cooey. So I haven't really like been around the block too much. Just my my two skips here in Alberta. And if you're playing with Kevin Martin, and Kevin Cooey, you're gonna have you're gonna have lots of wins in Briars. So pretty fortunate. Played with some great teammates. You know, I got to win a few Briars and a few world championships. And yeah, grateful. As you get older, you get more grateful for what you you did in the past. Uh, but uh still pretty hungry to win the next one. I don't uh I don't look back at, at our old wins and think about them too too much and how exciting they were. I think maybe when I retire and get there, maybe I will, but Still pretty, uh, still pretty hungry for hopefully win a couple more briars and maybe get to another Olympic Games. We'll see. I mean, the briar winning in Canada, I feel, is one of the hardest things to do. Like, never mind the Olympics and the World Championships. Like, how hard is it to win the briar? Yeah, it's tough. It's getting tougher. That's for sure. I mean, I remember our first few briars. You could kind of pretty much pencil yourself in in the playoffs, guaranteed. You know, when I was with Kevin Martin, it's like, okay, we're going to be in the playoffs. Hopefully, we get to the one-two game, and if not, we battle. Right. Even my first couple of years with Cooey, but. It's pretty deep now, you know, lots of, uh, lots of good young teams. A lot of teams kind of build when you get to the top. If you're a Kui or Jacobs or Gushu, you know, the teams below you are like, well, those are the teams we got to beat. So here's what we got to do. And it's, it's lonely at the top, right? Teams are coming at you all the time. And so we've been there for a long time and hey, we've had lots of amazing wins and had some, you know, gross losses that I, you know, that's, that's what happens when you set yourself up for success. You're going to set yourself up for some heartbreak too, but uh, I've had them all won everything and lost everything guaranteed. So, uh, but it, it is tough. It's tough to win, but it's the best. You don't get, you don't can't chase those feelings and uh, competitive nature. I'm, I'm not that good at uh, golf or hockey to, to be able to chase that recreationally. So right. it's, I stick with the curling. Do you think you've become mentally tougher? Do you handle the losses better or no? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I was, pretty psycho when I was young, like hothead, angry. I didn't play curling a lot growing up. I played, you know, played like college football. I played some provincial lacrosse, baseball, hockey, you know, sports that people would look at you and think you're an athlete, you know, like, you know, you get to hit somebody, you know, I didn't play golf. I didn't really. So I had, I kind of brought that little bit to curling and, you know, some, some for the good and some for the bad, but, uh, I've, yeah, I'm cool. I'm 38. I got kids. I'm old and you know, you've, I've pretty spoiled. It's hard for me to look in the mirror when there's players out there who've never won anything, you know, busting their balls to try to get to the Briar playoffs. And, you know, we've been on, we've been in those 10 out of or 11 out of 14 times. And so I have a little more perspective now. Let's put it that way. I still get angry. I still get angry and I want to win, but less angry. Okay. You can't call yourself old, by the way, at 38, because then you're calling me old. So you, you can curl yeah. for 38 years if you wanted, really. Older for the average age of the player these days, I would say. When I was 24 on tour, when I thought of the 38-year-olds, I'm like, those guys are ancient. So I'm right. I'm assuming they look at me like that now too, but whatever. I'm still, I still try to take them down and, and beat them, beat their ass. Can you take me back to the, because I feel like you were kind of one of the first curlers, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, who I feel like in the the old days, back in the day, you used to think about curling curlers as people, you know, be smoking darts in between ends. There was no, like nobody was in shape, drinking beer. But then I feel like there was a group of guys, you included, who kind of came in and changed that perception a little bit. 
Yeah, I think there was probably, you know, certainly people before me that that were in good shape and did it. But when I curled with Kevin Martin, you know, he really was like, boys, here's the deal. Here's your summer program. Get your get your ass back to camp in September and be in shape. And, you know, I was I was pretty motivated because I was young and, you know, I was Mark Kennedy and John Morris, two of my great friends. You know, we worked we kind of competed with each other, even though we were on the same team. Yeah, we all wanted to get in shape and we thought that that might be a an extra edge to beat the teams that teams weren't doing. You know, like when I first started curling, it was, yeah, going on the road, four in a room. Yeah. Some guys are smoking darts, you know, chasing girls and drinking beers. Like that's kind of what we were doing. And now it's changed a lot. There's money in the game. There's sponsors, Olympics. Like I didn't grow up thinking about going to the Olympics. I grew up going to the Briar, you know, and you're, so there's a bunch of guys at the Briar that maybe, you know, weren't physical specimens. So you thought, you know, anybody could do it, but you watch next week. Like there's not very many people like that. You know, there's, yeah. A lot, a lot of good athletes out there, people putting a lot of time in, and that's just one of the things that has changed. So yeah, maybe, you know, late 2000s, 2008, 2009, we kind of cranked that up, but now there's other stuff, there's sports psych, you know, coaching, technical camps, all these things. And everyone, every year, they're just trying to find a new tool to take out of the toolbox to use to try to get better. But yeah, it's turned in certainly into more of an athletic sport and that's good. It's good for the sport. It's good for the sponsors. We don't get made fun of quite as much as curlers anymore. So it's all good. I got, yeah, I got roasted in high school for my buddies. Right. So right. now they're all, now they're all like, oh, I need a broom. I need some gloves for my men's league curling. I'm like, I thought curling was for losers. I thought you made fun of me my whole life because of this. So <laughs> that's pretty good. There you go. Okay. I find this interesting that you said growing up, you would just think about the briar. You didn't really even think beyond the briar to the Olympics. So when did that change for you? Probably well, 1998 when Sandra Schmerler and uh, her team won the gold medal out of Regina, their Regina team. Yeah, you know my 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 dad curled in Regina, and I knew um, you know Jan Betker and Marcy Goodright and Joe McCusker, and you know Sandra was like my idol. I didn't have like a dude curling idol. I I was cheering for Sandra. She was our team. So I remember when they won the gold, we went to the airport like to to you know greet their team coming back, and I would have been how old maybe 17, 18. So I was kind of already into my junior career. Uh, you know, I'm starting to do well, winning some provincial juniors and stuff, but uh, just kind of getting going on the men's scene. But prior to that, yeah, I wanted to wear the the green and gold Saski jackets at the Briar. That was my goal. And then when, when Sandra came home and you saw the reception and everything that they did, I was like, oh man, maybe I can go to the Olympics. But, you know, lucky, luckily enough, I, I mean, I got to do that a couple of times, but uh, super fortunate to be able to do that. You know, the, the path of getting there, at the time when I saw the Sanders team coming down, I'm like, well, just build a team in Sask and we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. Maybe we'll go to the Olympics, you know, kind of a pipe dream. And then the way it all turned out for me, it's like, holy man, crazy, crazy story. Right. I love that it was sort of that visibility that made you start thinking about it. And I love curling because it's one of the few sports where men and women get the equal, like equal oh, yeah. coverage, right? Yeah, everything. Well, our women's, our women's sports, a good product and it, it gets great ratings. You know, we've, we've talked about this for a while that, you know, and just in the last maybe five years, it's been equal pay all the way across the board. Uh, but the Grand Slams has always been equal pay. And now the Scotties and the Briar pays the same. And so, yeah, but it, our women, you know, they, they put on a good show and their ratings are great. So if they're right. getting the good TV numbers and they're filling stadiums, it's pretty easy to pay everybody equal. Right. So, uh, yeah, it's been great. And, you know, my daughter, she's eight. I already got her throwing stones. I'm like, hey, listen, you can be like Jen Jones, Rachel Holman. Let's go. Nice. So those are, that's, that's what I try to teach her. I love it. Okay, so let's talk about those Olympics in 2010. Um, I feel like you guys were rock stars in Vancouver. What's your favorite memory from those games? Um, were you in Vancouver? 
It is one of my biggest sporting regrets. No, I was oh. working at CTV in Edmonton and I was busy, but I was thinking, man, I should just literally fly for one day just to go, but I never ended up doing it. So no, I missed the whole vibe, oh. which literally, honestly, I don't have many regrets in life, but that is one of them. It's so good. Like it was, I have so many cool stories from those games. Now that I look back, like friends, I know we have a mutual friend, you know, Tessa that I met in Vancouver. Yeah. You know, I remember having some beers with them and having fun and meeting the meeting my other Canadian athletes that I didn't know. But you know, Vancouver was crazy because, like you say, like I, hey, I'm a, I'm a solid C minus D plus celeb in Calgary. That's kind of where I run. That's my level, right? Like I don't view myself as a celeb. Like not even I don't get invited to some of these events because they dig deep to the bottom of the barrel and I get the the courtesy invite. But um, we were actually like legitimately famous in Vancouver. Yeah. Vancouver was the first time in my life that I was like, well, I don't know if I would want to do this all the time. Like, and it was cool because it was two, three days, but we went to the gold medal hockey game uh, the day after we won. So we won on Saturday afternoon. Canadian women's hockey team won Saturday night. And then the men's hockey game was Sunday afternoon before the closing ceremonies. And it was impossible to get tickets to Canada, USA gold medal final. Impossible. We got to go to pretty much every single game, Canada, Russia quarter, women's gold medal final, you know, all these other games that we were allowed to go to the speed skating, but the, the men's gold medal game was no chancer. And then when we won the gold, oh my, this is when I got like, I'm a, I was like 26. So yeah. it's like my aha moment of how the, how the world works. It's like you win gold and we had like five or six corporate companies buzzing our phones first wondering like, well, how the hell did they get my number? And then two, Hey guys, we have tickets for you in our suite. And we're just like, of course you do. Right. Like it was pretty funny. But we didn't even take them up on it. We had uh, we had our fifth man and our coach and a couple of the suites. Only, you know, it was a hard ticket. Yeah. So in Vancouver. Yeah. Um, so they were only going to give us four tickets. So we found six together, all right behind the net. We were right behind the net that Sid scored, scored the golden goal. Oh, really? Ten rows up. Like the best atmosphere. And, and like we were trying to be maybe incognito. We had Kevin Martin with us with his big nest bald head. Like. <laughs> We had no chance. So, so, and then Johnny Mo was with us, like single, gorgeous man. It's just like we were, we were dead. So we roll in and the, it was mayhem, autographs, pictures, couldn't even get to our seats. I'm like, this is, un- we just won yesterday. It was unbelievable. And there was this nice couple behind us. And we were like, we, we were still going from the next day. Like we were, we were keeping it rolling here, right? right? Like we just won the Olympics. So we had these guys, we would pay them to run and get us drinks and beers and vodkas the whole game. Uh, They were our beer runners so that we didn't have to go get mauled with like pictures and stuff. And I was like, Oh wow, we're actually pretty famous here. So that was cool. And then I remember the day after we won Saturday, we had to go actually go down to the CTV building on the water there in Vancouver to do like the fireplace interview with brian williams the best the best and our bus and our bus our bus our we had 10 passenger van curling canada coaches liaisons us our fifth our coach jules and we stopped and there was people crossing the street and we were right really close you could see the big ctv building and a bunch of people saw us and they're like oh god it's the curlers and they came and surrounded the van and were shaking the van and I'm like, what is happening here? So we were, we were like kind of pumped. I remember me and Mark and John were like, we made it. And Kevin Martin was scared. He's like, oh my God, get security. <laughs> we were dying. But that was the only time in my life I actually felt like borderline kind of B to A list famous. Right. I like hovering now around C or D. That's kind of my, where it's where I shine. 
You know what? It is fun once in a while. You have to admit it. That's all. Yeah, I yeah. love that you guys enjoyed that because it, it was I, cool. Yeah, Two I remember days. watching from like Brewsters or somewhere in Edmonton where they had the sound up on curling. And I was like, I don't know if I've ever been in a bar before where the sound is up. They're playing curling live. Right. And everyone was so into it. And like, I, like rock stars is always the word I use because I just feel like like people loved you guys that year. You played so well. It's just it's awesome the way to how it all worked out. Yeah, I mean, we were 10 and 0. We were the best team there by a mile. We probably would have had to, you know, not play great to win. It was a different time in curling. You know, we we trained together. We all lived in Edmonton. We practiced together. We lifted weights together. That was our plan. Our goal was the we we got together in 2006, like just to win the Olympics. Like that was our goal. That was Kevin Martin's goal. I was like, oh, we we'll maybe win some slams and briars along the way if you guys want to. And we yeah. did, but that wasn't the plan. So that was kind of the cherry on top of a plan. And you know, hey, I've been trying to plan that ever since then. It hasn't worked yet. I'm one another one. So it's kind of hard to do. So we're, we're pretty grateful for that time. And being in Canada was the best, you yeah. know, anytime you play at home. So pretty special. Good for you guys. That's awesome. Um, which I hate to go here, but I kind of have to go here because you also went to the Olympics in 2018 and you did not medal, which was no. surprising. I, I mean, I guess talk about what that loss meant to you and how the game has changed on the international scene or how has it changed? Yeah. Um, it was a different experience. I mean, our team was still very good that won Canada that year. I mean, you know, I was, uh, I was talking to John Morris, my teammate the other day, he came back from the Olympics and they didn't medal mixed doubles and he's only won gold twice when he's won. So he didn't really know what to, what to think of not winning. And I was like, oh, I've been there and right. tough, 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 tough for him and Rachel, because, you know, they got chosen to go. Like they didn't have to play because of COVID. And I was like, when we lost, yeah, it hurt and it was brutal and crushing, but like we won, like we beat Jacobs, we beat Gushu, we beat McHugh. And like, there was nobody that like, we were the best team. So we earned our way there, you know, and we actually played a pretty good Olympics. I think we were seven and two, maybe in the round Robin second place had hammer in the semi. The only real tragic part for us is we lost to a team that wasn't as good as us. You know, there's teams now that, like Brad Gushu just got bronze mm-hmm. and they lost to, they lost to Nicodine and Bruce Mowat, who were better, probably better than Gushu consistent like that. That's okay. You know, yeah. we lost to a USA team that was an underdog. And I mean, Hey, I cheer for the underdogs in a lot of sports. So I get the Cinderella story and the sweetheart. I was just like, God, it has to happen to us. Like happen to somebody else, you know? So we lost to a team that like I'd never lost to before that sucked. Um, and then as, as far as not getting the bronze, I mean, I see, you know, Brad's team super pumped. They won the bronze and, you know, I'm happy for them too, because I didn't want them to have to go through what I went through. Like that's brutal coming home as a curler and not winning a medal. It's no fun. And, and your expectations are high when you get there. When we lost the semifinal to USA and Schuster, you know, we were broken and like, you know, crying, like just old men crying in our rooms. Like it was, it was brutal. And we couldn't really rebound because we, we didn't, we weren't really mentally prepared to be in the bronze medal game. If we would have lost to a Dean or Moet like Gushu did, we could have probably rallied and swallowed and said, Hey, we lost to a great team. Let's go play a heck of a bronze game and win that bronze medal. Sure. And to be, and to be frank, I think when we went to the Olympics in 18, we weren't really thinking about anything except for gold. It's kind of where our mind was. You know, we had two guys that had won the gold already. Kevin Cooey was the best skip on the planet, you know, and, and when that got taken away from us, I just didn't, we just didn't rally the troops. Good. I, I, I regret now. I regret now. Not like, not like we didn't give it our all in that bronze game. We did, but it just didn't seem as important at the time. Yeah. But four years later, I'm like, I wish I had a bronze one to go by the gold one, you know, tough to get back there. But 
you know, hindsight's 2020 and that's kind of the way it was, but yeah, the, that Olympics was awesome. I mean, I had kids at that one and got to take my daughter and my son was just little and, you know, my wife got to come to Korea and my parents, my brother, and it was amazing. Uh, completely different experience than Canada. We were not have uh, recognizable at the hockey rinks there. You know, we weren't, we weren't close to famous in Korea, but you know what? Amazing people. I love Korea. Food is amazing. The Olympics itself was a, a, an unbelievable experience. I wouldn't change it. I'd love to go back, but uh, just wish obviously the curling result would have been different, but I don't have any negative taste about Korea Olympics in uh, at all. How do you feel about 2026? Do you still, do you have another Olympics in your future? I hope, your yeah. Yeah. I hope so. Um, I'm 38. I think I could probably go to, I'm 42, like 42. You're young. How like you look, you know, you're looking pretty good. You're only 45. <laughs> and I just started curling three weeks ago or four nice. weeks ago, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, but yes, um, you can still be at the Olympics at 42. <laughs> I love it. I love it. No, I think so. I mean, well, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, you know, if, as long as the body cooperates and you know, my knees and shoulders and hips, you know, been a lot of years of scrubbing and, you know, got to get myself in tip top shape. And like, so you get older, you know, you kind of used to get away with things maybe that when you were younger and now I'm like, geez, I really got to dial it in to, to get to where I want to be and get the body healthy. And as long as my mind's good, I think my body will cooperate. I just have to, you know, I got to find a team first, you know, I, you know, my current team probably not going to be together for the next run. You know, we were, we were built for the 2022 run and came close, lost the semi, had a great, had a great season. Mm-hmm. Could easily could easily win the Briar next week and go to the World Championships, which would be amazing. They're in Vegas, so my focus right now, to be honest with you, is like completely on like we leave tomorrow. So I haven't thought too too, too much about it, but certainly after the Briar, you know, phone's going to be buzzing and there'll be some phone calls made in the, the what do they call the the, the sketchy world of uh, free agency and curling. Just text your buddies and see if you can build a team because we don't have GMs and coaches, and so that's going to happen. But certainly, you know, I'm I'm not going to play to play in the the Tuesday night league uh, with you and your friends. Although I would play in that league, you know, I, I, if I, I, yeah, I, you. We I would come you. play, I, I would come play a game to spare, but if I play, I'm going to try to play competitively and, and, you know, maybe try to take down uh, the Sweden, the Sweden team and the, and the Scotland team have kind of started dominating the last couple of years. So if there's a team there that, that wants my services, you know, I'll be, uh, I'll be getting ready for that. And I'd like to have one more run, but uh, we'll see how that goes. I don't have anything uh, locked and loaded yet, but uh We'll see you after in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, my team lost 10 to the other night. So <laughs> don't worry. I would not do that to you. We, uh, yeah, we need, what we need to do is sign up for like curling boot camp and have you coach us. Like you should, you should do. That's what we I, do. I took, uh, speaking of podcasts, I had on my podcast, Steph Labbe, the goalie of the Canadian women's soccer team, superstar mm-hmm. gold medalist. I took her out uh, a couple of weeks ago. She got the curling itch watching the Olympics she was unbelievable, like making draws to the forefoot and making doubles. And so she, she's coachable. She had a very good coach. Yeah. I teed her up and she started making some shots. So I think I could, I could have you straight in about an hour. I need an hour on the ice. Maybe but honestly, that is all that I like. I love, I've watched curling my whole life and I love watching it. I know I knew it would be hard, but I didn't think there was little things I didn't even think of till I was in the hack and I was I didn't even know how to get out of the hack. Like, and I wasn't even, like, I didn't even know which side to put my foot on. I didn't know how to hold the broom. Like, I still don't think I'm doing it right. Like the guy. Aren't you, aren't you from Edmonton? Yeah, I am. But I've never, I curled once in high school and that was it. So like, I skipped for our team the other day. And honestly, my draw weight, 
I was very impressed with myself. It was probably a fluke, but I still, like you say, I just need like a boot camp to like figure out the outturn and the intern and all that kind of stuff. Cause it's, there's so many little details. It's hard when I take my buddies out that play like, you know, baseball or football guy. I took Bo out actually. He was awful. Fell his first slide. I videoed it. It was great. Oh God. But uh, anyone, when you're on ground and you're on your feet where you're comfortable, it's, it's nice, right? You can always kind of figure out that sport, tennis, soccer, whatever, but Curling when you're on the slider on the ice, it's a little different story, but Hey, I'd be happy after the briar. I'll give you a quick little tutorial. See if we can crank up your game a bit. Because here's my issue. Actually, like the hack, I eventually figured out like I'm okay, but sweeping footwork. I don't have a clue what I'm doing. Like I was Bambi. Like I've kind of figured out something right now, but like the first couple of games was, I was Bambi out there essentially. And this is actually, we won't talk about me anymore, but I'm curious, like when you talk about your training and staying in shape, like what kind of stuff are you doing? Like hit exercises because when you're sleeping, right? Like you, they always show you guys after you sleep and you're like dying at the other end, trying to play it cool, but really your heart rate's like through the roof. Right. And I imagine core exercises, stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, with our trainers downtown at the Glencoe, they just kind of put us through the paces, everything that they want to do. And we're good. But if I'm on my own, like, you know, like orange theories are awesome. F45s are awesome. Peloton's awesome. Anything that getting your heart rate up full body. Like I used to, cause I played football when I started like getting into the curling is like, chest and bench and squats and deadlifts like i was yeah. just like such a meathead like thinking i was the man right lifting heavy and i was strong and now i'm like yoga hit class body weight chin up push up just not get just trying to not get hurt when i'm working out but uh i mean you get older like all that stuff keeps you in good shape anything get the body moving and as long as my body works good my hips are loose my shoulders are good i can uh, i can do anything with the broom and, and make some shots I, that stuff's easy for me now right? we've done it forever but right. yeah it's, uh, I've had, you know, my buddies, when they come, they go curl for a fun or they go to a Christmas fun spiel or a work function. The next day I get texts like my back, my shoulders. Oh my God. I'm like, guys, I get needles in my back every week because of this. Like, don't, I don't want to hear about your stupid fun spiel. Right. <laughs> right? So it's pretty good. The fun spiel. I've always loved that word. Fun spiel. <laughs> um, when you're playing at this level and you always have the Briar and the Olympics and world championships on your mind, what is, what kind of, how do you juggle your, the other aspects of your life, like work and family training? How do how do you do it? Yeah, it's a bit of a, it's a juggling act for sure. I mean, my wife's awesome. I mean, I knew my wife when I was 18, 19. So she knew the curling was kind of a part of my life when we met. So it's not like one of those psych we're married. Now you have to quit curling <laughs> moments. Right. So <laughs> she knew the program and, uh, yeah, she, she takes care of the kids and, you know, runs them to all their activities when I'm not there. And I'm the, I'm the part-time dad in the winter that shows up to half my kids' hockey games. And I coach my daughter's junior curling when I'm there. So I can only kind of be half time, but they know the drill. And, you know, I have an awesome supporting community here as well, like Chesmer and a bunch of friends kind of help. And uh, my work's awesome. They sponsor my team. So they not only give me time off, but they pay for us to travel around the country. So that's amazing. And other stuff like this, like pod and certain things. I mean, curling six seven months of the year right take your take a month off at the end of the season and then get back in the gym and training and i love it i mean if i didn't love it i would never do it and if uh you know if if the love for the game went away i wouldn't want to do that juggling act because it is a lot and you know brings on some maybe unnecessary stresses that are there but until that competitive drive kind of goes away or if, if i still love the game then i'm gonna make those sacrifices and hey curling's been good to me Curling has been amazing to my family. We've been all over the world together, you know, and make a little side cash uh, playing a sport. It, it's unreal. So I work a real job and I've worked a real job part-time. I don't like it as much. So I'm going to curl uh, as long as I can. And uh, that's kind of how I see it right now. 
I know the feeling totally. You mentioned the podcast. I wanted to ask you about that. What, what has that been like being on the other side of the mic? It's hard. You guys are pros. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm so green. Like when we first started doing it, we kind of did it for fun. You know, I got a good relationship with, with Bo Levi Mitchell of Snaps QB, you know, neighbor just up the street, his wife, my wife are good friends. And, um, we hit it off playing men's night out here in Chesmer, playing a bunch of golf. And we trained together through the pandemic when there was nothing open. I got a gym in my house. So we worked out here and yeah, we thought, you know what? He loves sports. I love sports. You know, it's not necessarily about curling or football at any stretch, but we, uh, yeah, we connected with Scott Moore out of uninterrupted out of Toronto and said, Hey, we do a fun little show for me more than anything. We did 13 shows. I, we interviewed some amazing guests. We had some amazing numbers. It was super fun. It was a learning experience. You know, I, I don't, uh, you see, I'm still in my studio right now. It's still set up. We're still trying to negotiate season two to see if we're going to run it or not here. We, we haven't uh, signed on the dotted line yet, but it was very unique, you know, to learn about that broadcast interview type role. Like, you know, sometimes we maybe harp on the media too much and they get a bad rap for certain things. And now I'm like, guys, everybody be nice to the media. They're just doing their job. They're just trying their best. So, um, yeah, but, but it was a lot of fun and I enjoyed it. And I met some cool people and if it goes somewhere else, beautiful. And if it doesn't, I'm okay with it. Cause it is a lot of work. Do you think you might want to go on TV and take it more seriously when you're old at the age of 43 and retired? <laughs> I don't, I don't think I could ever see myself on the desk or anything like that, but you know, certainly watching Joanne Courtney last week, good friend of mine, go to the Olympics and, and bring her kind of new current knowledge to the game yes, and, and call the Olympics. I would love to do, you know, play-by-play broadcasting with my with my buddy Brian Mudrick. Uh, he's amazing. He, I still think he's probably the best or one of the best uh, to do it right now. And you know, we have a great relationship rapport. So when I'm done, certainly, you know, maybe this experience of of doing some podcasts and doing some things uh, could get me up there because I I do have aspirations to be up there. I think I uh, I think I would be good at it. I love I know the current players. I love the game, and so you know, we'll see one day maybe. But uh, again, not till I'm old and. 43. <laughs> okay. On that note, I'm going to let you go because I know you have stuff to do. You brought up my Brian Mudrick, who I chatted to the other day. Obviously he and I are friends as well. He's going to be at the Briar. You are going to the Briar. I- are you coming? Well, that's where I'm going with this is I would like to come out, but I haven't figured out what night or what day or what I'm going to do, but we need to coordinate and get here in the past. I- obviously. I got you a couple options right now out of the gates. I'm going to put you on the spot on your own show. We have a party bus going on Friday, opening game this this weekend. My friends would be happy to host you. I'll say there's an epic podcast host and a friend of mine that wants to come down for the game. We got you covered. We'll get you a ticket. If you're too Hollywood and you need a suite, we could maybe even find you a suite. But that would be good. And then next Thursday, one of our title sponsors for Team Cooey Caltech Surveys is running an oil and gas bus from downtown. And they're taking 50 people on a party bus there and back for an afternoon game. That might be more up your style because you want to get to bed early because you're 43. No, I, okay. See, this is my, because Lethbridge is what, an hour from here? and I, No, it's like an hour and 45. Even longer, right? So I was like, okay, I want to go, but I don't really want to drive at night, but I don't want to go and not have a couple of bevies. So this thing on Friday, I got, I'm intrigued. I got then. two options for you, Friday or next okay. Thursday. We placed, we placed Saskatchewan. Actually, our old teammate, Colton Flash, that the last time we played with him was in the Worlds in Lethbridge. Okay. And he's the skip of Team Sass. We play him. And then next uh, Thursday is guaranteed win day afternoon. We play PEI. We're probably going to win that one. So that'll be a happy uh, bus. That's why I've sent my work people that day so I could have a beer with them after. Okay. 
Let's chat about this more offline because we don't, I don't need people. to. Well, I'm putting you on the spot. You're now you have to show up for a game. I am hundred percent in for a game. I totally am. It was just the logistics figuring all that out. So we will figure this out, but thank you for doing this. I know it's such a busy week for you. I really appreciate it. Um, and let's do it again down the road. Yeah. I love it. And we'll get you out to throw a couple of rocks and work on your, work on your game here after the prayer. Sounds good. You're listening to the, Oh, come on sports podcast with me, Natasha Sanashevsky. Come on now.